2: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Gem Accessories. Gem Accessories is one of the leading accessory manufacturers within the trading card game space. Known for their deck boxes, Gem also has an amazing lineup of binders, backpacks, and more. Some of our personal favorites include the new KLRZ Icons deck boxes, the Secrets binder, and the Jaguar and Puma backpacks. But don't just take it from us, check out some of these reviews on screen. For all of these amazing products and more, be sure to check out Gem Accessories using the link in the description down below or on Twitter at XGem Accessories. Again, the description down below or on Twitter at X Gem
2: Accessories. Top cut. Welcome to the top cut. Welcome
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu Gi Oh Podcast. My name, of course, is Sonny, I am your host. I am here with my co-host Caleb. Hello. And of course, as we get started, we want to take just a quick moment to thank all of our wonderful sponsors. So, a huge thank you again to Gem Accessories, who you just heard at the beginning of the episode. Remember, there is a link down below with a discount code for 10% off of your first purchase. Also, be sure to check out Millennium Threads with the link down below. There is also a link for 10% off any purchase there at Millennium Threads. And of course, check out our wonderful affiliates who are Dragon Shield and TCG player so you click links before you shop on their websites and we get a tiny little kickback it costs you nothing extra to buy the cards you're already buying or buy the sleeves you're already buying and it goes directly into supporting the podcast now also be sure to check out our wonderful local game store ETB Games in Alexandria Louisiana they have a website down below and they are of course one of the other sponsors of the podcast now we want to take a moment, like we do every episode, to thank our wonderful, biggest supporters, which is the patrons. So, our patrons get our, their names right off every episode, for those that might be listening for the first time. And, of course, let's get into it. So, a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Top Crutch Trouble Sunny, and Caleb, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Xiphris, Heat the Feet, AD, Blackwing, Silverwind, The Ascendant, is the best Floodgate... Earth Machine best deck. Epi. Has anyone actually read Toy Vendor? HGH Cyber. I am McLincoln. Mountain Man. Oatmeal Spaghetti. Owen Alvarado. Pig. Quitting the game as a floodgate. Sprite Farter. The Top Cut Podcast is proudly sponsored by Mystic Mine. Unban number ninety-five. Konami. Understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World. Exo Sister's best deck. No cap. The best part is that it's not just it's not just Exo Sister. It's X dash oh like going undefeated at a tournament oh xo sisters best deck that's amazing that's multi-layered yeah yes i still play b troopers it's a fun deck rogue and tier two are the polite terms for a bad deck Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior Drink Every Time Sunny Disagrees with Caleb Fur Hire, Dog Turd, Pebble Cereal, Jerry Beans Man, King, King Henry Old Man Red, Pin Code 143 Ray Powell, Slaking It Up Sunny is a Freaky Worm Guy, and Vampire for All the Only who a Person Should Have Isn't That Right Sunny? I don't know how I feel about about patron names directly addressing me <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit it's a bit like on the nose. That was the exact phrase I was thinking of, but I didn't know if on the nose was too on the nose.
0: <laughs>
1: so, again, a huge thank you to all of our patrons for their wonderful support. Now, if you want to become a patron, there's a link down below. We have tiers starting as low as $1. And for $5, you get an extra episode every week, except for this week because Caleb had tooth pains. Mm-hmm. So, it's hard to talk with tooth pains but Caleb I think you have those all resolved now yes
0: oh yeah for the most part yeah had a oral surgery this morning (laughs)
1: and here we are recording here I am (laughs) so everybody please a huge (laughs) shout out to Caleb huge round of applause for being an absolute champion and trooper uh, being very dedicated Caleb if nobody says it in the comments I appreciate you (laughs) just don't drink every time we disagree you'll blackout in like 20 minutes
0: depends on what i'm drinking
1: no i mean like the patron name drink every time sunny disagrees with caleb like yeah don't do it yeah if you're listening to this don't do it if you drink every time we disagree you you will not have a good time unless you're drinking water because then you'll just have to use the bathroom a lot which is still not a great time although you will be properly hydrated which is good but don't drink too much because then you'll be overhydrated
0: overhydrated which is also a bad thing
1: Everything in moderation. Yes. (laughs) So today we want to do kind of a different fun topic. Now, I know that right now we're kind of mired in the depths of tier zero hell. With tier limit. Yeah. But the weird thing is it's actually a pretty cool format. So while yes, tier limit and specifically Ishizu tier limit is tier zero. Far and away the best deck, and it isn't close. It's not even remotely close. The, the deck beats its bad matchups. Like, like when you have a deck that's a worst matchup, is itself. Not because the deck beats itself, but because you just have to be smarter than your opponent. Mm-hmm. It makes for very intense and skillful format, but it's nothing but mirror matches. So you really have to assess if that's what you're looking for in a format. Because realistically, I think that there is a fair argument to be made that even the most skill-intensive Tier 0 format is not what most people want. I I think that being pigeonholed into playing one deck is not something that's like an inherently fun thing that people want. Not only one deck, one build. Eventually, because yeah. eventually tier zero decks get to the point where it's like, yeah, this is the build. And it, I know that in Zodiac format, which was tier zero, it was. And, and keep in mind, we're going to be discussing things that happened in the time of the game that we didn't play in, yeah. So, from we didn't play from late 2014 until like at emancipator format 2020 mm-hmm. and even then there was nowhere to play so we didn't really play that
0: yeah we didn't really we didn't really get
1: back into playing until what 2021 no it was phantom rage it's well i started going to tournaments a little earlier than you did yeah yeah. um <clears throat> but yeah it was like phantom rage time frame the first i built dinos for a little while after team sam x1 Won the it was like a, a remote duel invitational, the very, very first one that they did. He won it with dinos. I was like, That looks cool. And so I built dinos. It is a really cool deck. Yes. But I did not have the necessary skill set to play the game at a competitive level yet. So I built the deck based off of what he had. And based off of what he was playing without knowing why he was playing it. Yeah. So, but that's beside the point. What we're trying (coughs) to say is we're going to be addressing some stuff that we weren't necessarily in the game for. So. We're probably going to be making some mistakes here, but. Yeah, understand if we do make a mistake here or two here and there. Bear with us. This isn't really our number one time that we played the game. Oh, yeah. So. Over the years we've had Tier 0 formats, like I said, in Zodiac format, it was weird because Zodiac was definitely <laughs> Tier 0, but it was different flavors of Zoo, which is pretty rare for Tier 0 format. Pepe, from what I understand, was just pretty much a bog-standard list. Same thing with Spiral. Um, I know Teledad was pretty much a solved list. Goat format was cookie-cutter. You had 35 cards with maybe a 5-card swing. So... And that's really how the Ishizu tier Mirror is. The only, the, the only thing that really is a differentiator is, um, are you playing three Magnumut or two? Are you playing three Druid Swarm or two? Are you playing three Rhino Heart or two? Are you playing one Diviner or two? Are you playing Heralds or not? Like, that like that's, that's the debate. What are your ratios on the Ishizu cards? Yeah. Like, that's it.
0: Not even... Oh, are you running this card or this card? No, just how many specific of this specific card are you running? Exactly.
1: So, it's <clears throat> crazy to me to see when we have these formats like this that we look back on other formats that we said we hated, we look back on them with like rose-tinted glasses. Yeah. So, today we want to talk about what, in our opinion, would make for the most optimal, fun... Best possible Yu Gi Oh format. And I think that we've actually been there, or at least very close, since I've been back in the game. We've had a couple of moments where the format might be diverse, but not too diverse, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's less of a. There's so many decks that there's probably going to be one that I will not side against and therefore will lose against, and more of a. There's lots of decks, but I kind but I kind of understand how I can build my deck to kind of help with that.
1: Right. Exactly. So, where we're gonna start is we're we're gonna talk about we're gonna go down the list one by one, of things that we personally want to see out of a Yu-Gi-Oh! format. This is the things that we got together before the podcast and talked about and said, this is it. This is what, to us, an ideal, perfect Yu-Gi-Oh! format looked like. If we could just go and choose this and that, X and Y, and, you know, be able to choose. So, the first thing that we're going to start with is... I want a format, ideally, for me personally, your, your number might differ a little mm-hmm. bit, but I want a triangle format, maybe a square format at most, but preferably like a triangle format. Yeah. So something where you have three major decks and one beats the other You know, A beats B, B beats C, C beats A.
0: Kind of a rock, paper, scissors tier one.
1: Yes. Where you have to plan for the other two matchups, even though I might have a good matchup against A, I know I need to game plan against C, but A is also a really good deck, so I can still lose, but I need to understand that just because my matchup is better doesn't mean I can't, I don't have to game plan for it. Yeah. So I would say that realistically having that ABC kind of thing is I think it's a little bit better than the like an ABCD. yeah because yeah. like in like an ABC format you can always plan to side five cards against each matchup you know three for a three for B three for the mirror yeah you know so I think that's kind of where I fall what about yourself
0: Um. Uh, so I prefer kind of that like you said the triangle format uh-huh uh, specifically triangle but then like but then like for those uh, who are playing the triangle decks then also have to worry about the tier the triangle tier one decks have to worry about the triangle not the triangle but the tier two decks as well um but there's usually and i personally prefer two three of those as well uh-huh. so like a total of six decks in the meta right give or take is my preference because then there is some you know, so it's not the same three decks all day. Like, early on, you're going to get your matches in of, I don't know, Salamangrate, and then Numeron, OTK, and then you get into the Triangle Games.
1: Yeah, and, and I can see wanting those other matchups, but I think you'll have those, at this point, you'll have those no matter what, at any time. yeah. You know, I think that even in a format with basically three best decks, you'll always end up with a situation where
0: there will always be rogue. Yeah, like this random rogue deck has this amazing matchup against two of them. Right. But then can almost auto lose a third one. That's why it's not part of the triangle.
1: Yeah, I think that I think it's interesting when you have formats where let's say let's let's look at edison format right everybody considers edison this great format but to me it's almost a little too diverse ever so slightly and you know exactly what you're gonna see if you go to your locals for an edison tournament right Mm -hmm. you're you're i'll tell you what you're gonna see lightsworn zombies black wings gadgets and maybe a rescue cat synchro deck oh and dragons and fairies 7 decks. And then you might have the Eight. one one insane person there. The insane
0: person, keep in mind, playing um uh
1: what's the name of that archetype? I just thought Gladiator it,
0: Beast. Yeah, Gladiator Beasts.
1: Yeah. Granted, there's like 25 playable decks in Edison. But my thing is I don't want a format to be so diverse. That I can literally never game plan. But I also don't really want a tier 0 format. Even in a tier 0 format that's as interactive and skillful as this one is. I don't want that because... Yeah, it's fun at first. I just don't want to be pigeonholed.
0: Not only that, after about a month, it gets boring. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, okay, cool. I get to go play 8 rounds of a mirror.
1: Yeah, and then you have people you know, whining and moaning saying we need an emergency ban list and this and that. I just don't think it's like a good, healthy place for the player base to be.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause it creates a situation where a lot of people don't want to go to tournaments cause they don't want to play eight to eight hours of just the same game over and over and over.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And yes, it's a very skill intensive game game state in that situation where it's, you know, eight hours of constant, But the issue is is Eight hours of Who can make the fewest mistakes Which
1: In and of itself Is a good thing Mm -hmm.
0: But it gets tiring And it gets boring After Two weekends Three weekends maybe I I think this format's got maybe One more Solid weekend Of tournaments left in it
1: Before people start getting bored With the format Right Yeah Yeah I think you really have to Just evaluate what you want But I think you want the rogue decks to basically be on a level where you have a deck that is your rogue decks, your tier 2 decks are decks that let's say I go back and I replay the format 5 years or 6 years from now I want to be able to look at the rogue deck and be like, you know I think that this may just have not been solved yet Yeah, because that happens with a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! formats where they just aren't solved yet that that's it it's not that the format is necessarily a you know a perfect format it's just yeah. that it, it just wasn't it's always moving
0: yeah yeah they never got the chance to actually solve the de- solve the not deck solve the format format uh due to just uh, konami had to release more products The stuff had to get banned they had Konami had to move the game along as opposed to if people just stayed in that one era, right? People exactly. start uh, a great example of that, I think, is actually with uh Solemn Judgment in goat format, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you know, at the time, people thought Solemn Judgment wasn't that great of a card. Well, with hindsight and high, a combination of hindsight and people sitting there continue to play in the format as it sure. was to this day. So that format has evolved into this weird triangle of a
1: weirdness um and really it's evolved past a triangle into almost like an edison format where there's like 10 playable decks
0: yeah but then like the number one deck is just constantly shifting between three of them because one beats the other but loses to the third. yeah it's so weird.
1: chaos blows out goat control which <coughs> blows out warrior but warrior blows out chaos yeah, so, yeah 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 so like which individual deck
0: is the best is constantly revolving Yes, for better or worse. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so then people realize, oh, solemn Joseph is actually a very good card, even <clears throat> even in a uh, <coughs> even in goat format. Right. Again, hindsight and people sitting down to replay it. So, right. Then, I think that
1: there's awful. always going to be cards that, when you go back into formats and you look at it, you go why was nobody playing this or maybe there's a card
0: that people that people are just kind of like no i need this card i need it but then it's like do you really right you know that was just that was just bad you shouldn't
1: have played that that's why i think like i'm fine with a format being a triangle format where the rogue decks and tier two decks are good enough that in hindsight you might say I don't think this is a triangle format. I think this is maybe a square. I think this deck was actually tier one. They just didn't put X card in there, so it's not quite there. Yeah. Or like this, or didn't think of this of this individual um, interaction
0: interaction between these two cards. They were already running, just not right. doing that interaction.
1: Yes. So, to me, that's I want three decks. With a solid pool of tier, like tier two decks. I want the top three to be definitely, like, I want them to be definitely the best decks. Yeah. But I want the tier two decks to be playable. Okay. Next, no FTK boards. Yes, please. No, just here's a board. Did you stop me? No, good game. Yeah, so this was my biggest issue with the format of summer 2021. I thought tri Brigade was a pretty cool deck. The issue was, it ended on four negate Apollosa. That was its interaction. I thought Drytron was a cool deck. The issue was, it ended on a six negate Herald of the Herald of Perfection, on top of some other stuff as well, or ultimateness. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> six six to seven interactions, but most of them were just negate negate. Yeah, Omni negate. That's not fun, just Herald of Ultimateness negate negate negate. It's just not fun
0: to me. It's it, not interactive. To me, it's even less fun than just your op- You just staring down your opponent who has like a who has like a uh, almost a solemn judgment there. Um, has like goes and match Tiki Boo Rivalry, uh, Imperial Order, and skill drain.
1: What's yeah. the difference? Yeah, I think that, I think that, and not even, I'm not even going to say no FTK boards. I just want interactive end boards. I, I don't want an end board that's just solid negates. Yeah,
0: Oh, yeah. You, you want an end board where the opponent who presented the board has to think on how to use their interaction, as opposed to just, yeah, just play this, negate, not, not even thinking about it, just negate negate i'm just keep listen whatever
1: the first six things you're doing i'm negating exactly it's just it's not it's not interactive it's not fun so next i want a bunch of cool interactions i i want interactions like
0: like existed in and back in uh so, uh, sun and moon era like f- first weekend of the sun and moon uh, vgc
1: this is going to be we're talking about pokemon, yeah, pokemon, pokemon now for those that yes. don't know uh
0: where where so at the time z moves were a big thing and the number one z move type at the time was water which caused rain which gave a bunch of pokemon buffs because it was raining so I was running a Gastrodon, which created this weird thing where my opponent didn't want to, who, could, who would just negate the, the move, which made this weird thing where this hilarious interaction where my opponent wanted to hit my Arcanine with water type attacks, but they couldn't because the Gastrodon, and it, it was like this fun chess game. Right. Because of how all that stuff interacted, it was, that was fun. But, that sort of interaction.
1: I think the Yu-Gi-Oh! Comparison or equivalent might be when you have a deck that does something unique in a way that is maybe unexpected or not necessarily intuitive at first, but it causes a cool, nifty little, you know, interplay. Yeah, yeah. So I think that honestly. I'm trying to think of a good example, example of yeah. this. You know, but but just a deck that does cool things. Which is one of the things that we have on our list. It's cool decks. You know, I, I don't want decks that are pee-pee-poo-poo garbage. I right? mean, because there are a lot of cool decks that are around.
0: But no one's going to play them. Because why would I play this really cool deck when I can play the tier 0 deck?
1: Of course, of course.
0: Yeah. So... I think that Ooh, a good example of a of a silly of a silly interaction is uh, specifically against Marincis and Zalantis so for those who do not know Marincis is a link is a standard cybers link climbing deck that are based around water monsters they don't care about the cybers type they care about the water attribute that's the big thing they care about for the most part yeah so, a lo- So as you're going through your combo lines, they actually have cards that like let you pre-summon stuff, whatever. Doesn't matter. The important part is that some of them lock you into only... Spe- into where only you-, you can only special summon water-type monsters. Okay. So, if you go into Atlantis while your opponent's got a bunch of monsters on board and you activate his effect to blink the field, mm-hmm. so banish everything and bring everything back, you're the one who's bringing everything back. But you're locked into only summoning waters... So your opponent doesn't get back anything that wasn't water. That's so stupid. <laughs> um, and then of course you can always also just kind of... Do like a weird goes and match thing. Or rivalry warlords thing with Zalantis. But... That's the interaction I'm talking about. Because that's like this niche interaction. That I don't know of any other deck that can do that. Not that
1: specifically. <clears throat> I, another A cool interaction... How about this? The way that some of the Zodiac cards interacted with the Tri Brigade engine. Yes. So yes. the Zodiac cards would turn on the Tri Brigade engine or the Tri Brigade engine could turn on the Zodiac cards. Because they're all Beast Warriors. Right. Exactly. Just little niche things like that, to me, set apart the... They can set apart a format by making it unique. I know that hat format is a an extremely popular format. And a lot of that is because of the cool niche interactions within the decks. A good example would be Soul Charge might be amazing in Sylvan, but it might not be quite as good in this other deck over here. Right. So I, I think that that's one of my favorite things about you interaction mm-hmm. and having those cool interactions in those cool decks are just so critical to a healthy game state.
0: Oh, oh, one interaction that you you just—you reminded me of was Soul Taker with cards that can miss timing. Yeah, for sure. When that was revealed as just a thing you could do, it was wild. I mean, I remember the first time it happened, I was playing Chaos Strike and someone soul took my uh, my Pulsar and I was like, man, that sucks. Yeah, that was rough.
1: So, I think the next thing to talk about is I do not want a format that has a ton of floodgates. Oh my god! No, please no. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not fun. Like let's let's be honest here.
0: Now I can understand self, not self, but like card imposed limitations, <clears throat> um, such as the Marincest water waterlocking you. Yeah, that's, that's
1: that's not a floodgate per se.
0: Yeah, it's a floodgate like effect on yourself, but that's just part of playing the deck. Right, as opposed to, hey, um, you can only play light monsters now. Oh, what's that? Your fire deck. Say Levy.
1: My thing is, <clears throat> over the summer, the entire format devolved into yeah, just run whichever floodgates <clears throat> you could run. Fluonderees is playing the Barrier Statue. Sword Soul is playing Rivalry. And anti-spell fragrance. A lot of decks are playing rivalry, gozen, and or anti-spell. Right. Some decks are playing Tekabo. Some decks are playing this, some decks are playing that. And every deck wants to play these all these different you know, all these different floodgates. And you know, Mystic Mind, obviously, running rampant. So these decks are playing all of these floodgates. And it truly just makes you not want to sit down at the table. Yeah, because you never
0: know when all of a sudden I can't play the game. Right. And you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs.
1: Yeah. So no floodgates, I think, is really important. I, I don't mind a control deck, but I don't want floodgates to be the reason. And like, even if you do have floodgates, keep
0: them at a maybe one per deck you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, that deck can just so happen to run Gozen Mash, So you have to deal with that
1: once a, once a tournament. And if you're looking for a control deck that doesn't run floodgates, look no further than right now we have Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Labyrinth is a solid control deck that has no issue not running any floodgates. Yep. The only floodgates that they do run, if they do, is End of Anubis. Sure.
0: And the Dark Barrier Statue isn't good.
1: Yeah, because there's so many dark cards in the format. Exactly. Um, well,
0: technically, an Invader of Darkness too, but what he would—the deck he would floodgate's been powercrept out, right? Because he would floodgate, uh, Mister Mister Rune, I think it was, with all the quick play spells.
1: Yes. Yeah, it—he only—that's the only deck he floodgates. So, <clears throat> in addition to no floodgates, I want few to know Saki cards. Blowouts, whatever you want to call them. So I think about cards that single-handedly f- swing the tempo of a game, right? Cards like Called by the Grave, evenly Red Re- matched. Evenly matched. Red Reboot. Even. I think you can even call Triple Tactics one. These these singularly powerful blowout cards that just transform the game state into a wildly unfavorable position for no reason other than, sorry, they drew it. Well, with triple tack, it's a case of, sorry, I drew it,
0: and you activate a monster effect during my turn.
1: It's your own fault, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's <clears throat> definitely your fault for activating a monster effect on my turn. So, um... <laughs> I want I want cool decks. I don't want dog water boring decks. You know, by by month four of Virtual World, I was tired of it. Yeah. I was tired of seeing it.
0: <clears throat> oh yeah, no no, this is why I really enjoyed like the last format because there were so many different decks to play. Like there I was hated the, last format. I personally really liked it just because how many decks there were, but I hated that Mystic Mind was everywhere.
1: Yeah. If I can respect that.
0: If if exactly Mystic Mind was gone.
1: And Artifact Scythe.
0: <clears throat> yeah, Mystic Mind if Mystic Mind Scythe hadn't been a thing. I think last format would have been a blast. Potentially. Um.
1: But I mean there was a uh, there was a point where I didn't know what deck to play. Yeah, you spent a long time bouncing.
0: Yeah. Uh, between Labyrinth, Marincess. Uh, there was a short stent there I was like, I have almost everything to build D-Link. I need, like, two cards, and they're cheap. Rebuild D-Link. Yeah, rebuild it. Because I, I still had 90% of my stuff for. I was like, ah, oh, should I do that? You know, I was like, I, I don't know what to play anymore.
1: <laughs> Why is D-Link still a playable deck three years
0: later? Oh, because Konami keeps releasing generic dragon and or dark light stuff. It's insane. Specifically, the generic... Yeah, Banish a dragon, do this. Or, if you control a dragon monster, do that.
1: How about Bestial Magnum? In the end phase, it adds any dragon, dragon monster.
0: Yep. I'm just going to add my 11 here, if you don't mind. Unreal. Banish three light.
1: Alright, so. What are some <clears throat> of these idyllic, <clears throat> you know, triangle, <clears throat> good, diverse formats in Yu-Gi-Oh!, well i know if like okay
0: so like the only to me though the only triangle format that comes up when people ask me about it is unfortunately dino rabbit and zector uh wind up wind up sure which was which was a triangle format but not quite what we're looking for because yeah there are other decks in the format they weren't winning anything though not not even not even a little bit I mean, on a rare occasion, you, you'd see them in like a top 32 list near the bottom. Yeah.
1: But that's about it. So, to me, a good diverse format is something like Shadal B.A. Clefort.
0: Okay. and We were not around here in that format, unfortunately. We were
1: not. But my understanding is Burning Abyss beat Clefort, Clefort beat Shadal. Shadal beat BA. So the reasoning here is BA was able to clear Clefort Towers. Okay. Shadal could not. So the Clefort
0: Towers would just kind of shrug at Shadal and they'd lose.
1: Pretty much. Okay, okay. The Shadal deck had a good matchup against BA because of Construct and Winda.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Construct being Construct and not letting your opponent control anything that was special summoned. It'd be a shame yeah. if it was to just get attacked
1: over. Yeah, so Construct <coughs> really was rough on the BA matchup. Uh, I want to say there was a couple of other factors in there, but that is the biggest one as far <coughs> as I'm aware.
0: I mean, should all fusion is also a thing? <coughs> And, uh, that, and if I recall correctly, BA was a deck where they wanted to have an extra monster sitting there, which turned all Fusion into Fusion Summon from your extra deck. Yeah, yeah. So literally you so literally just take whatever two monsters you want out of your deck and put them in the graveyard. Oh, look, they're both sent there by a card effect. So now you're getting effects off, because one of them is going to be a Shadal, so whatever their Shadal effect is, you're going to get off. Right. And then, you know, whenever I was playing uh, Pure Shadal for a while there, Uh, you know, I would also send, like, a, uh, Trick Clown to search, uh, Damage... No, I'd send a Damage Duggler to search Trick Clown. Yeah, something like that. And so, through the act of me activating that card, losing one card out of my hand, I'd I'd end up adding two back to my hand. Right. It was ridiculous.
1: Another cool format that I think qualifies for this is Toss Format. So... Toss format is inherently a four-deck format, right? You have Thunder Dragon, Orcus, Sky Striker, and Salad. But as you get later on into the format, you start seeing more of a... And granted, the format was like a year long with three to four ban lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you end up seeing this kind of hybrid Orcus Sky Striker deck. Which was really gr- nuts. It was gross, disgusting, hmm. and it just—it just made it into a triangle format. I mean, I don't know how much more you
0: need. It, yeah, it was a square format that got shifted into a triangle format, and
1: yeah. From what I understand, though, it was a very fun format. A lot of people really love toss format. A lot of people love going back and playing Toss format. I've never played it, but Mm -hmm. now I know that there's a format with ABC in it as well, like ABC, Paleo, and another deck. That was a trying format that a lot of people talk highly of. I know there was a (coughs) format where Cosmo was around and (laughs) Cosmo. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what the other two decks were. I think one was maybe Monarchs and something else. But essentially, the best deck was Cosmo or something right there around it. But you still had a couple of other tier one decks. So the representation was never very hot. It was never like disproportionate, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now... I think that that is pretty much all that we talked about. So just a quick little recap. We have that we want it to be preferably a triangle format, but a diverse one. No FTK boards. Lots of cool interactions. Very few floodgates. Few sacky cards or blowouts. Cool decks. And do you have anything else to add? Uh, nothing I can really think of off the top of my head I got you now I think it's time that we do a few mailbag questions what do you say yeah alright so oh man I gotta I gotta find where we stopped last time (laughs) alright what is your opinion on the Yugo game Duelist of the Roses it is one of my favorite games on the Playstation 2 I've never
0: played it. It is my number... It is... If not my number one, it's in the top three of my most favorite games that were ever produced for the PlayStation 2. Wow, that's high praise. Mm-hmm. I loved that game. I spent... I, it's probably one of the first games I spent a thousand hours in. Hmm. I recently replayed it. Actually, I recently replayed through it. Uh, recent... I recently replayed through it,
1: but it was modded to be even harder. Sure. <clears throat> So, I'm speeding down the highway And a cop sees me Before the cop could pull me over Another car went way faster than me And the cop pulled him over instead Did I just chain block the police? Mm, No Because you didn't make the other guy
0: speed He chain blocked the police From you
1: Fair enough Alright Let's see here. I know I got more questions. Uh, what is your opinion on tier two and rogue decks? I think they're fun, but it really depends on the individual meta. Sure. And it depends on the individual deck as well. And what you want to get out of the deck, it's going to depend a lot on <clears throat> the individual and a lot on the user.
0: Yeah. Uh, a great example is Maren Just is, I think, a really fun deck.
1: Right. Absolutely. And that will always be... The most important thing is your enjoyment of the deck. Yeah, yeah. Whether it be competitively, you know, going to regionals and remote dual regionals or playing on IRL, you know. Uh, I think that no matter where you go, you should be able to go in with a tier two or rogue deck and have fun because that's yeah. the most important thing. So, uh, what cards do you think will end up getting hit? on the Ishizu tier deck I have no earthly clue how they're going to hit that thing
0: because like all the normal tier monsters are all hard ones per turns anyway Right. so hitting any of them to one doesn't do anything I disagree wholeheartedly 100% without a doubt I was about to say except uh, decrease the what's the word I'm looking for per like the percent chance of you actively milling it or drawing into it right it, right it would re- do- all you can really do in that situation it all it does is reduce the consistency but is that enough no
1: <clears throat> you need to limit hovness. <coughs> specifically hovness? Hovness is the one that's rough because he can special summon himself from the hand <clears throat> and mill oh that's fair yeah Havnus is the best one Hovness needs to go to one. The field spell needs to go to one. Honestly, probably Kit Kalos needs to go to one. And personally, I think that all of the Ishizu cards need to go to one. If not, banned because they're broken. I think one on all of them would be fine. Yeah. The yeah. issue with a deck like that is you run out <coughs> of like you need to have a critical mass of these names. Yeah. Yeah. So being short, even one name is pretty rough.
0: It can be, but we'll have we'll have to see. We'll have to wait. Hopefully, we'll have to wait and see, and hopefully see what they do. Hopefully soon. Right. Favorite normal monster. Ooh, my favorite vanilla. Um. So I have two favorites. Okay. One of them is Magnat Abrams. Check this out. Yes. Another one of my favorites is. Gun- is the Gunkin Suship. I was just thinking about the suship cards. Because its flavor text is just Amazing. It's just it's literally just a uh, sushi uh review. It's so good. Four out of five stars.
1: It's a four star monster. It's a level four monster. It's great. I think if I had to pick a favorite normal monster. I just I just always come back to thinking about um... oh gosh I'm losing my train of thought it's so late yeah
0: who's who's me? what Hitatsumi Giant no no Beaver Warrior who wasn't a beaver what are you talking about he was definitely a beaver Beaver Warrior wasn't a beaver (laughs) he's a rat not a beaver Aw, oh, folks, he's Googling it. Yeah, look at that rat tail on that beaver.
1: Hey, he got into a car wreck. He had to get a <laughs> transplant. He's having a rough life. It's definitely a beaver.
0: <laughs> beaver Warrior is a rat.
1: You're a rat. Man. Uh,
0: but yeah, Beaver Warrior, Torai, Griffor, Xel, king of Mythical
1: Beasts. I think for favorite normal monster, I think I might have to go flame swordsman. That's fair. I like I like flame swordsman a lot. If it's not flame swordsman, it would... he's a cool dude. Oh, you know what? Actually, I know exactly what it is. What was that? Monk of the Tenyi fair fair enough monk of the ten definitely fair, fair enough <laughs> what archetype has the most unique playstyle to you unique play style so when i read this question my very first thought was earth machine but that's not really an archetype right it's, yeah yeah it's more of a homogenous pile that just so happens to all work together exactly maybe cubics yeah, they're kind of they're kind of interesting. Um, Time lords. Yeah, they're 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 kind of wonky. Hmm. It's really hard to put your finger down on it and say exactly exactly what you would call it. Yeah,
0: but then you also have like the ghost ricks mechanic, which just really suits their uh their uh Ludo narrative. Yeah, where they where they we know where you set them and then they jump out and go boo. And then go back down
1: right right which is hilarious uh what is your guys take on konami not crediting artists oh i think it's awful Yeah, it's a terrible terrible thing now i will say there is something to be said for anonymity and not anonymousness and not and Anonym- i have it right the first anonymity time? anonymity that's it there is something to be said for anonymity you know, if somebody doesn't like the art on a card, wherever, they're not gonna go harass the artist. Yeah. Which is which is inherently a good thing. But I think in a world where we assume the best of people, which we probably never should, but in a world where we do, I think that you should be crediting the artist. That way they can promote their work, have it out there, and let people know, hey, this right here, I did this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, because like with Magic of the Gathering there's been, there's been several people whose artworks, who started working at Wizards doing their artworks for the cards, who ha- now have artworks in, like, museums and stuff. Wow. And only got there because they, they can point at, hey, I did this artwork for Magic the Gathering. Yeah, for sure. Actually, there's some of them, some of those arts you can, you, that you can go to their web, uh, not their website, yeah, some of them have websites you can go to and order artwork from them.
1: Hmm. that's nice. Hmm? it's really, it's really cool. Yep. All right. Next, we have. <laughs> Why are some black wings naked while others wear clothes? Uh,
0: okay. So I think I actually have, actually have a conspiracy theory about this. Okay. Okay, I'm here for it. Okay, so I think, so I think the way black wings work is that th- it's not just birds, or okay. bird people. I think they're on a sliding scale of bird, just a dude in a bird suit, and all of them are on a, are on a they're on that range somewhere. The more naked ones being on the end of the bird suit, because a dude in a bird suit because they're already wearing clothes. It's a bird suit.
1: What if they're all wearing bird suits? Well, no, because some of them are just straight up birds. Like what? Like Blizzard the Far North. Nope. It's a really big suit. You don't have anything else in that picture for scale. That is fair. But some of them are very obviously
0: ermishable with silver shield. Uh, There's... Again, nothing for scale. There's a
1: handful of them that are just scaleless.
0: All Yu-Gi-Oh cards (laughs) are scaleless.
1: Not pendulum monsters. (laughs) You're not wrong. I I can't believe I got you with that. But... Oh, wow. Back to,
0: back to my conspiracy theory, though. So I think what it is, is that the ones that are wearing clothes are more on the actual, just straight up a bird. And the ones that aren't are more on the doing the costume, because they're already wearing a costume, so they don't need the extra
1: clothing. And layers. also, there are absolutely Yu-Gi-Oh cards that have pers- pers- perspective. No. It- Banana for scale. I guess perspective is the word. There, there are Yu-Gi-Oh cards that have that perspective... Where you can definitely tell the scale. Oh, yeah. For great
0: examples that, is that in the background of the card artwork for El Shadal Construct is El Shadal Wenda. Right. The issue is that there's no scale for how big El Shadal Wenda is. What (laughs) if they're all huge? Um, Actually, we do know how tall Construct is. Okay. 60 stories tall. No shot. Yeah.
1: Where did you hear this? Uh, I think it was in one of the dual terminal storyline thingies. Let me re-google that. That's crazy. That's a crazy number you just gave me. And I hope that it's right. Cause but that's a crazy number. Oh, I was wrong. It's 15 stories tall. That's still super tall. That's still like close to 200 feet. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Alright, last question we got here. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Classic. Solid question. Okay. I have an actual answer here. But I want to hear yours. I want to know where this is going. So I want to say, I would say the
0: egg because of the way, because at what point, okay, so first off, you have to define when the proto chicken became a chicken. Right. And whatever that line is, that first chicken, that egg that hatched the first chicken. But first, you have to define the line between the thing that came before the chicken and the chicken.
1: It's kind of the problem there. Okay. Okay. To me, an egg came first. Why? Because when I think of the question, which came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't mean this individual chicken or this individual egg. I mean the concept of eggs or the concept of chickens. That's
0: fair. If you're talking about just the concept of an egg, the con uh, yeah, egg.
1: It was egg, definitely, by many, 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 many tens of millions of
0: years. Oh, yeah. Who who knows how many species have been birthed and gone extinct that all used the egg system? (laughs) Listen, listen. There's only a certain number of systems you can go by. Budding, egg, and
1: live birth. It's something like that. All right. Well, hey. Today's a shorter episode, but... Go ahead, get on into your weekend, enjoy yourself. And we want to, of course, thank our sponsors again. We want to recommend everybody join our Discord server. Check out our Patreon if you are so inclined, our affiliate links. And until next time, have a great week, everybody. Take care, everybody.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?